into cybersecurity? There's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon. Good evening, wherever in the world you are. My name is Eric Taylor. I am the CEO and Chief Forensic Operator here at Barricade Cyber Solutions, and I am welcoming you to episode to today's July 12, 2023, episode 406 of the Top Cyber News Daily Threat Briefing. You know, this had so many names that it's just hard to keep up with it these days, but I want to welcome you to the show. Things might, I just want to give a heads up. I might be a distracted because I may have just landed a major contract for the organization literally right before this. So my mind's a little flustered at the moment. But anyway, uh, so if I seem a little off, that's why. Pretty stoked about this opportunity that I've been working on for almost a year. So it's a, uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So bear with me again. If I'm a little flustered, I'll try to rein it in a little bit, but welcome. I know everybody here knows me, knows that I do my best to keep it PG. And because of that, we have our illustrious, we have our illustrious dolphin sound. Let me start up a little bit of intro. I hope everybody is well. Turn that down, turn it down in my headset. Um, so if you are here live, please say hashtag team live in the chat. Thank you so much for joining us when, while we are doing these episodes live. It does mean a lot. I know it's a little preemptive, but um, please do us a favor right at the start. Smash that thumbs up. Um, we would like you if you do subscribe, but please by smashing that thumbs up button, you are spreading the awareness of this channel and the opportunity to be able to get the most updated information to be able to be impactful on your day so with that um you know if you are team hybrid you're catching up trying to you know listen to me semi-salty <laughs> in 2x hello say team hybrid if you are um team audio i always give you guys a shout out when we're here um you know i see you i do a lot of podcasting myself catching up on things um you know, and if you are team passive observer, you know, this is a welcoming community. Uh, if you are, if you are in that, um, just say, you know, Hey, I'm new here. Just passive observer. Um, you know, we'll, we'll say hi to you, right? You know, ask your questions, um, join the discord. I know the mods are in the chat. Do exclamation discord, go over there. Very welcoming. The mods, um, there, BJ, uh, DJ, uh, VSEC, um, Kimberly can fix it and on and on and on. The mods there are there to make sure it is an inclusive environment for you to come and join and get and grow your network. And we will talk about networking at the mid roll. But first, I do want to give a shout out to two of the three uh, stream sponsors. We will start off with Panopsi Security. We talked about these gentlemen, uh, this gentleman, Brandon Poole, who is the CEO over Panopsi Security a lot. You know, if you want to, um, if you're look, if your organization is trying to fit, or if you are in your organization, let's put it a different way. If you are in your organization and you're trying to get your CISO, if you're trying to get your C-suite to buy in on, you know, the changes that you're recommending is like, look, you know, we really need MFA on our SSL. You know, a company like, like Panopsi Security to be able to do that quantified risk assessment for your organization and be like, look, Mr. or Mrs. O owner, um, 
you know, we really need to fix these holes in these particular areas. If not, these are the bad things that are going to happen because of our conversations. We know that you make an average of, um, you know, $3.2 million per day that broke down by an hour, by the minute is potential downtime if you have this type of compromise, right? So they are able to, when you have that quantified risk assessment, you're able to break it down to real dollars and cents at the C-suite, the CFO can buy in on, and they will completely, you know, be able to understand, you know, it's like, oh, well, we're not just doing security for security's sake, we're actually protecting um, the, uh, we're actually protecting the the, the network. Um, <laughs> so sorry, I got a little distracted by mod chat. Uh, those who didn't know somebody in the mod said they had to take the trash out for some reason. I'm like, oh, I'm trash. I got to go out. <laughs> but anyway, the, to the other stream sponsor, we all know and we all love them. John Strand is the CISO and operator at Black Hills Information Security. You know, we their website is Black Hills InfoSec. You know what? Let me let me do this some justice real quick, ladies and gentlemen, because um, I don't know if the hashtag sponsors is still working i will get with the mods a little bit later um to see if that is going but i dropped both of the links down there and they are down in the description ladies and gentlemen so definitely go check them out but just put it in the feed there as well you know they do have a lot of pen testing services they have a lot of education and stuff like that and i will just tell you so you know straight up you know um full disclosure like when we are brought into an organization and we're doing the cybersecurity for an organization, um, we will we will refer them to Black Hills Information Security. Why? Because they are one of the best. You know, John Strand, you know, is you know, was part of SANS. He was a massive instructor for SANS. You know, I do love the people that are over there. I've taken many of their courses. Um, I've taken a lot of Bose courses in the breaching the cloud. Uh, the atomic red teaming, you know, there's a lot, a lot of good instructors that are over there and it's a really, really good organization. You got to have those type of business partnerships when you are providing a service and it really, I feel that is a conflict of interest. If I do a penetration test, if I am protecting your network, right? If our organization is protecting your network, you know, it's, you really don't want to do that. So definitely, you know, reach out to Black Hills Information Security they do it day in and day out they have again some really really top-notch people over there and it's uh it's worth the time in the conversation to uh see you know if they would be a good fit for your organization and for one second i am going to go off mic for a second and i'm going to take a swig of this coffee yeah, i see jess bishop in the chat they are so dang awesome they are they are um with that um we will be doing a little bit of jaw jacking toward the end. Um, I will have a call coming up um, probably right after this one with, uh, so I won't be able to stay long. So if you are interested in asking a question, please save them to the end. Um, like I said, we'll kind of roll through some of these and we'll do a little bit of jaw jacking at the end um, and kind of go from there. All right. And with that, as Dr. Gerald Osher says, let the cool sounds of the news wash over you in a very cool way. Here we go. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Wednesday, July 12th, 2023. Silk Road's senior advisor sentenced to 20 years in prison. On Tuesday, the U.S. Justice Department announced that Roger Thomas Clark, a.k.a. plural of Mongoose and Variety Jones, was sentenced to 20 years in prison for his role as top advisor to Silk Road online black market operators. Clark is accused of conspiring to sell about $213 million worth of illegal drugs and other illicit goods and services, including murder for hire, to more than 100,000 buyers during the market's operation from 2011 to 2013. Silk Road's founder and operator, Ross Ulbricht, a.k.a. Dread Pirate Roberts, described Clark as a real mentor, advising him about Silk Road's security vulnerabilities, technical infrastructure, and how to govern site users and vendors. All right. So there's one thing to note, ladies and gentlemen, when you're here. So, um, you know, Dr. Jared Ozer does his technical uh, or his uh, CISO, and I do more of a technical breakdown of a lot of these news, right? Um, 
Yeah, I really wish I would have got with DJ Bisek to get the, the the police sounder before this. I do have one that he was generous enough to give me uh, uh, before the show, and I do have it queued up uh, for probably one of the episodes or the stories later. But there are two things, right? So um, come in here, right? So let's move this. There are two things. You have Silk Road Initiative and you have the Silk Road. Silk Road Initiative is by China, um, where they do a lot of uh infrastructure to countries like south america um and things of that nature they provide pure infrastructure they provide pure internet things of that nature and you have silk road which is the black market now um i gotta be careful with this i have not seen any correlation that Silk Road initiative that the China uh, government does and Silk Road black market are together, you know, that they're one and the same or operated by some of the same people. A lot of the stories that are coming out, it does seem like they are two different things. Um, but, you know, definitely take it with a big, massive asterisk. I've always assumed that they were part of the same thing, right? Again, not to get political. This is not the this show for political banter. Um, but you know, we do see some crazy stuff coming out of China, right? So, um, it's, it, it could be, the lines could be easily connected in that type of situation. So I just want people to know that, you know, there are two different things, um, and like that, but yeah, it's, you know, Silk Road, for those who don't know, they were, you know, really the bread and to, buy things on the black market um and it's not like the whole you know we're doing organ um harvesting or we're doing um you know whatever this is like how to get all your drugs right so if you're wanting your crank and your meth and your whatever um and even the um you can get you could get ids um on there you could get social security numbers on there you, you you could pretty much anything you wanted that was nefarious or you know to obfuscate who you really are you could have found that on there um and there's been plenty of sites that have gone up there and uh, i know f uh, several of you guys and gals in the in the live chat will know probably listens to black um not the um black, uh darknet diaries and I know that they did a couple episodes right there. So if any of you ladies and gentlemen have that, then uh, definitely drop a link for that in the chat. So that way other people can enjoy it. Um, it'll take me a little too long to dig that up. And again, I want to be able to make sure I save time for it. But yeah, um, whoop, whoop, sound of the police. Um, so yeah, there's a, an infamous save, you know, saying, I don't know if it's really used by the younger generation, that much but you know growing up you know i am older you know there was a saying don't do the crime if you can't do the time and everybody thinks that they're invincible that they're never going to get caught things of that nature and you know all it takes is one mix-up so and you're busted right so there's been plenty plenty of stories about that on to the next one 11 million hca patients impacted by data breach HCA Healthcare, operator of U.S. and U.K. hospitals and healthcare services, announced that its network was compromised, leading to the theft of data belonging to more than 11 million of its patients. On July 5th, reports emerged that stolen HCA data was being offered up for sale on the dark web. HCA confirmed that patient data, including names, contact info, dates of birth, and appointment details were stolen in the cyber attack, but added that credit cards, medical info, and social security numbers were not affected. Threat actors threatened to leak the trove of HCA data if the company failed to meet its demands by this past Monday. Yeah, this one has been on our radar a lot um, in the probably week now, maybe a little less. But there's been a lot of information that's being leaked out on uh, Telegram um, and Twitter pages and things of that nature that... Uh, yeah, that this one it's got a lot of data to it. It's got um, it's it's going to be massively impactful. How big? Let's see, thirty-five medical. 
UK this um bear with me one second. Was there something down here? I was looking for how big, you know, like how many locations does HAC Healthcare have? You know, like, you know, I use, for those who've known me for a really, really long time, the, you know, we used to do veterinarians, um, you know, across the country uh, back when we were doing the MSP stuff. And we tried to get micro, micro focused on stuff and, you know, just, trying to be that uh, organization that cared and, you know, was willing to serve, you know, so we did that. And, you know, a lot of the veterinary clinics would, you know, buy out, you know, uh, let's say Blue Pearl, that's one of the big national ones. And uh, Banfield's another one where they will buy out a, um, they'll buy out clinics and, you know, migrate it over to their brand. That's how they, they grow. And I wonder if HA or HCA healthcare is kind of like that, but I was curious if the story did say uh, how many locations I'm, I'm curious. All right. What well, I go sidetrack real quick. Does it say quickly? All right. So and according to Google or I actually pulled there. So, uh, comprises of 186 hospitals and more than 2,000 sites of care. So yeah, this is a this is a pretty big, massive organization, right? So there, there's going to be a treasure trove of information in there that's going to be just massively, massively. To, yeah, James Randolph. Yep, squirrel, squirrel. <laughs> All right, let's carry on. But yeah, that's you know, if you're part of HA, HCA Healthcare. If you've ever been there, um, you know, definitely do a look, see if, you know, that may have been part of you. Um, I'm sure it's too loo fast and loose to see if your potential information was, you know, compromised or about to be leaked or anything like that. But, um, you know, hackers are going to hack, you know, and it seems like healthcare just, you know, will not conform to, you know, security guidelines for whatever reason so yes yeah. anyway google hit with lawsuit alleging it stole user data to train its ai tools on tuesday google's parent company alphabet and its ai subsidiary DeepMind was hit with a lawsuit alleging the company scraped data from millions of users without their consent in order to develop its ai products including bard the suit was filed by Clarkson Law Firm and alleges that Google violated copyright law due to, quote, secretly stealing everything ever created and shared on the Internet by hundreds of millions of Americans, end quote. While Google's privacy policy explicitly states that the company may use publicly accessible info to train its AI models, attorneys at Clarkson say that publicly available does not mean the info is free to use for any purpose. The lawyers added that Google needs to provide people with an opt-out option. The suit is seeking a temporary freeze on commercial access to and commercial development of Google's generative AI tools. You know what, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> you know what? No crap, right? I mean, come on. It's Google for crying out loud. You know, Dr. Joe Osher said it yesterday. He's been saying it for weeks, and I a thousand percent agree with him. You know, data is the new currency. And these organizations are going to scrape as much data off the internet in any means possible that they could be able to collect to, you know, empower themselves, right? So, you know, we've seen this time and time again. They scrape data. They'll get a slap for, you know, five, 10 million, you know, and it really is quote unquote chump change to them, right? They're like, okay, we'll just pay the fine. You know, the data is worth the fine that we pay right so um yeah oh so this actually this actually ties back into the last story so a little bit so just a little bit of you know what we see in my world um a lot of times when these healthcare companies get breached did you know so let me like that one tiktoker says come in here um or come closer the when people when organizations get hit with fines especially in healthcare they 
they have like a a certain dollar or up to 10% of the uh, of their organization's re revenue. I mean, come on. So, but yeah, it's these guys are again, data is a new currency. They're going to scrape it. I will ask you to riddle me this though. When is the last time you've seen something like this? They pay a fine, but they're not allowed to use any of the data that they, they scraped. I've never seen one case of that. And I was actually talking to some people the other day. Um, Aton Bishop, see you in the chat. Good to see you, buddy. Um, but I have not seen any of those type of cases come through. So, okay, we scrape the data, we pay a fine, and we can still use the data. Hooray! Come on, right? So, like I said, it, the fines that they pay are so minuscule to the data that they, or the the income that they can receive from um, from going over those that data set that's going to just populate over and over and over and over again. So it's, um, yeah. Anyway, let's carry on. California resident charged with cyber attack on water treatment facility. A federal grand jury has indicted 53-year-old Rambler Gallo for intentionally causing damage to a protected computer. Mm -hmm. Gallo was an employee of an unnamed private company that contracted with Californian water treatment facility Discovery Bay. Gallo was responsible for maintaining Discovery Bay's instrumentation and the computer systems used to control the electromechanical processes. Upon resigning from the company in January 2021, Gallo allegedly remotely accessed Discovery Bay's network and uninstalled the main operational and monitoring system that protected the entire water treatment system, including water pressure, filtration, and chemical levels. Gallo faces a maximum statutory penalty of 10 years in prison and a fine of $250,000. The court could also tack on a term of supervised release, additional assessments, and restitution. Yeah, so I've I am so thankful. I am so thankful that I am on this one, uh, our guest hosting today because this is a story that I've been watching uh, a little bit, and you know this is going to get a little salty. You know, so sit back, relax. We're going to go full. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So the crutch of this story. And as much of a nutshell as I can do it, you know, this gentleman, you know, just trying to be respectful to the individual, um, was the I, an outsourced IT person for the water treatment company, right? And he had remote access to the network, which most IT people, most um, MSPs and things of that nature, they have that. That's how they provide support to organizations. And this is kind of the same thing, but it's the part that really comes in is, you know, access control measures, policies and procedures around access control. So there's a couple of failures in this one that I really want to point out. One, no, nobody stepped in and said, hey, what software was this guy using for remote access? Do we need it? Have we, what is it installed on? Um, ha, and what's the pro timeline for us to get it uninstalled? Also, you know, because he had remote access, the apparently the passwords never got changed. Potentially his username and passwords never got disabled and changed or changed and then disabled. You know, there's so many breakdown and policies and procedures in this that it's just to me from a non-legal standpoint, but I do think that this borderline's negligence, right? So, you know, it, let's just say you, you're you running, hypothetically, you're a landlord for a business park. You kick out a tenant or a tenant gracefully leaves a contract and all that stuff, right? You know, you're going to change potentially, you're going to make sure you get your keys back for the building and for the room. You're going to change his access or his or her, that company's access goes to the alarm if that's there. You know, there's things that you go through and more times than not, when we're brought in on cases, we see this time and time and time again, <laughs> right? So it's a, 
please, the one thing I cannot stress enough, you know, I'm, granted, you need to do security in depth. You need to fortify your business and things of that nature. But one of the first things I try to get people to do, because it is one, it is the most time consuming, but it can make such a grave importance and impact on your organization is asset management. Knowing what's installed, is it need, does it need to be there? You know, we're having conversations with the clients all the time. Hey, you know, is this software authorized? We don't really like it, but is it authorized in your organization? Then we we're like, okay, let's let's talk about the business case here. But you're you gotta have these conversations, ladies and gentlemen. Again, really glad that I was able to be a part of this one because this one is really a massive breakdown in policies and procedures. And you know, I I personally think that the um, company bears a little bit of fault here. You know, should they be fined or anything? I don't know. I mean, they are, um, you know, they are an in infrastructure, right? That is a water treatment facility, maybe owned and operated by the county of Oakland. Um, you know, because they did come from a federal grand jury, so this was a federal case, which tells me again, non-legal, that this was a state building, state operation, and the state has controls in place for this stuff, and they're not doing it. So I am curious to see what happens to the uh, to the facility. Do they just get a slap on the wrist or whatever? But um, anyway, on with the mid-roll. And now, a word from our sponsor, Opal. Opal is the data-centric identity platform. Identity is one of the last great enterprise frontiers. It's fragmented with legacy architecture. Opal's mission is to empower enterprises to understand and calibrate access end-to-end. The best security teams from companies like Databricks, Figma, Blend, and Drata use Opal to build identity security for scale. To learn more, visit opal.dev. That's O-P-A-L All right, all right, all right. Did I pause? Did I pause? Did I pause? Hackers ex nope, I did not. Sorry. Um, so we'll just back that up one second. All right, ladies and gentlemen. This is the mid-roll. I do apologies to everybody. I do know today is Wednesday, and unfortunately, you know, if you've been around a little bit, you know, I'm not equipped to do the worldwide Wednesday. Um, so I do apologize for that. Um but this is the part of the segment where we do the mid-roll if you are new here. Um, again, thanks to the stream sponsors of Panopsi to uh, Black Hills Information Security, their division of training called Anti-Siphon Training. Definitely go check them out. Have a conversation with those ladies and gentlemen and see you know, if any of these organizations are potentially a good fit for you and your organization, right? Um, those who know we are a you know us at barricade cyber we are an evergreen you know, we're not going anywhere we're going to be here as long as dr Jared Osher it does this we want to help empower him to be able to um you know be able to bring this stuff to you sorry i just realized my audio may have been too loud for that music just turn that down but this is a segment of the show where we do talk about you know the simply cyber community challenge this is a network on linkedin for you to be able to grow your network, find people of like mind and same industry and specialty that you're in and be able to you know, advance things um, and be able to go from there, right? So um, Lacey, remind, I'm sorry, Lacey, remind me and jaw jacking and I'll pull it up. Um, anyway, the uh, so uh, we did have by mods, um, Kimberly, do you want me to turn that down just a tad more? Uh, tad more? Uh, I'm at 19. Let me turn it down 11. Uh, let me know. Chat and mods, please let me know if that's better. Now I just turned it down just a bit more. Um, but, you know, the mods uh, brought it up uh, earlier to me. We did want to highlight Nicholas Clark's post. Apparently there was a, a little bit of a snafu. You know, he is new to the, to, the, to the group. So welcome, Nicholas. I have not had a chance to meet you. Uh, or be able to follow you on LinkedIn, but there was a, a spelling error and it. it did not get the proper traction. I did drop the link 
into the chat. So please, um, if you did not check out Nicholas from the other day, please check him out, read his story and, you know, connect with him if he, um, if he resonates with you and, you know, uh, grow that one. Now, the baton holder, the gentleman who has the current Simply Cyber Community Challenge is Eric and Groga. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to butcher that last name. Sorry, those who know Hooked on Phonics never worked for me, unfortunately. Eric, hopefully you are in the chat and are able to pass that baton to somebody. Mods, I do know that a, a friend of mine has reached out and um, I know we talked about it before about nominating somebody. So I do have somebody in mind. If Eric is not available in the chat, um, by the end of the chat, um, I will nominate that person if, if mods give me that approval um, and we'll hear the story from them. So um, also check out later today, later today, the, the series um about how to market your cyber self you know that series is coming up later today and the um you know, definitely check it out there is a whole series to it you know today they are going to be talking about you know uh leveling your thought leadership right from zero to hero how do you become potentially that quote unquote um uh, I hate the term so much. I'm now forgetting it. Thought leader, right? I, I just hate that term. But anyway, it, it just seems so overused. It's kind of like zero trust, right? Uh, but anyway, um, definitely, you know, check out this. Check out the series if you've missed any of them. Again, jo uh, Jack Scott did an awesome job on the last one. That was really, really cool. So definitely check about the entire series. If you're LinkedIn, you're looking to level up your game on LinkedIn. Again, please stick around for a little bit of jaw jacking at the end because uh, we will try to answer some of your questions if you have some. With that, let's proceed on to the rest of the news today. Hackers exploit Windows policy loophole to forge driver signatures. Chinese-speaking threat actors have been observed exploiting a loophole in Microsoft Windows policy to forge signatures on kernel mode drivers. While Microsoft restricts how kernel mode drivers can be loaded into the operating system, there is an exception that allows drivers signed with certificates used prior to July 29, 2015. The exception helps prevent compatibility issues with older applications. Threat actors exploited this exception by using open source tools to alter the signing date of malicious drivers. This is a major threat due to the fact that kernel mode drivers operate with the highest privilege level on a Windows system. Microsoft has revoked associated certificates and suspended the developer accounts abusing the loophole. Microsoft also emphasized that threat actors first need to gain administrative privileges on a compromised system in order to abuse the drivers. Yeah, this one has been on our radar a little bit. I, I've seen a couple of stories come out about this um, earlier this week. I haven't had a chance to really dive into it, but yeah, I mean, this is if they get to this point, right? I mean, when they're able to actually manipulate drivers on the OS, you know, you've pretty much you're in the network, right? You're you've got so much you know going on that it's it's bad. Um, I would recommend just as a uh, an exercise for your own organization. You know, this goes back to, you know, can you get a hold of this driver? Can you get a hold of how they're exploiting this driver? And you know, run it in a sandbox against your stack. You know, does your stack detect these type of threats, right? Um, and make sure that you are protected from these things. This is um this is always a big issue for um for these things i know a lot of edrs do not they don't control this they don't sorry my teams is now going nuts let me close that i forgot to uh do that um so yeah that's definitely you know if they that they are at this level you know so they'd either fish you with some malicious payloads or they RDP'd into your system or, you know, they're using a rat remote access tool or whatever, you know, but they've, they're on your system, right? Um, 
uh, I will just say it's very interesting the name here again pg-13 you know quote unquote disney room so we will do the name of it as <laughs> cert ver a verified time validity uh, vel <laughs> oh gosh i can't talk um but yeah it's a uh, it's definitely an interesting name to to put there so but anyway um definitely a takeaway you know put this through your 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 stack make sure you're able to detect it you know um you know able to detect persist uh persistence you're able to detect you know all these things right so um we'll kind of go with that so i don't want to beat that one too much and now it's time for you should probably patch that unless you can't patch tuesday edition Microsoft's July security update contains fixes for a whopping 132 flaws, nine of which are rated critical and five of which are being actively exploited in the wild. Two of the five zero days are security bypass flaws requiring user interaction and affecting Microsoft Outlook and Windows Smart Screen. Two of the other zero days patched by Microsoft allow for privilege escalation and take advantage of Windows error reporting and Windows MSHTM platform. The fifth actively exploited bug addressed is a Microsoft Outlook security feature bypass vulnerability. Microsoft also warned of remote code execution bug in Office and Windows HTML being actively exploited by Russian threat actors via phishing campaigns. Microsoft has yet to release a fix for this bug. However, the company says Defender for Office users and those using appropriate attack surface reduction rules are protected from the attachments that attempt to exploit this vulnerability. Microsoft's July update also addresses four RCE vulnerabilities in SharePoint Server, which has recently become a popular attacker target. Meanwhile, Adobe's July Patch Tuesday fixes a dozen vulnerabilities in Adobe InDesign for Windows and Mac OS, including a critical code execution flaw and 11 bugs that cause memory leak issues. Adobe also fixed a trio of security defects in Adobe ColdFusion versions 2023, 2021, and 2018. Siemens and Schneider Electric also got in on the bug fixing action on Tuesday, fixing a total of 50 vulnerabilities affecting their industrial control system products, including a critical issue in Siemens' Somatic CN4100 communication system that can be exploited to gain admin access and take complete control of a device. Meanwhile, VMware warned that an exploit is now available to exploit a critical security vulnerability in its Area Operations for Log Analysis tool for cloud management. The company issued a fix for this bug back in April. And finally, on Monday, Apple pushed a rapid security response update to fix a code execution flaw in WebKit browser in iOS, iPadOS, and macOS Ventura. Almost as soon as the patch went out, Apple pulled the software because it was reportedly causing problems loading certain websites. MacRumors said Apple will likely re-release the patches when the glitches have been addressed. All right, so that was a lot of... <laughs> that was a lot, ladies and gentlemen. So we do have the, the, the infamous new sounder that we'll have. Ah, you gotta patch it. So that's the sound of Dr. Gerald Ozier from one of the episodes, uh, previous episodes that uh, credits to uh, DJ BSEC for, you know, giving that uh, that wonderful sounder. Ah, you got to patch it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there was, you know, we did see some of these things, you know, there is. There is one thing that's in here that you need to be aware of a little bit, you know, and it is testing your patches. It's really hard to do that in smaller organizations and heck, even even larger organizations where the, oh my gosh, that actually reminds me of a new ransomware. Um, that image right there. Oh my gosh, it's giving me flash. I, we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, so the, oh gosh, that just, just trained. Oh yeah. Patching. Um, there is a you know, we see a lot of times with primarily microsoft is a big issue with this and you know they pull back patches because it ends up breaking where they're you know it seems like their quality assurance department just doesn't do what they're supposed to be doing you know in a proper environment now, granted you know it's hard to talk or try to prob uh, test for every possible scenario right and um the you know so you are going to have some unexpected outcomes 
in the environment. So, um, you know, but definitely there's a lot of patches out there. Definitely do your due diligence. Stand up those, um, those VMs, you know, and do as much uh, testing with these patches with your software installed, like your line of business applications that you have, you know, test them and see, you know, are there any unexpected consequences from launching your, your, uh, your applications, you know, what kind of possible business impact is this going to potentially have on you? Right. So, you know, patch your stuff. Um, before we get on to the next one, I do see from Jen, uh, Jenny Housley, one of the lesser mods, you know, for me to go ahead and tag my friend, um, I do believe I've seen him in here. Jim Lund, are you in the chat? If you are, please say yes. Please, I do know that you have volunteered uh, to me to say that you wanted to do the Cypher Security uh, Simply Cyber Community Challenge, and I will pass the baton to you, sir, if you're there, and be able to uh, tell us your potential story. Yes, he is. I see him in the chat. Awesome. Good to see you, buddy. Um, I will... I will assume that you are accepting the baton. Please confirm that for the mods and um, just want that official acceptance and we can carry on. British teens accused of masterminding hacks on Uber and Rockstar Games. Two UK teenagers were accused of being key members of the notorious Lapsus hacking group and involved in attacks on companies including NVIDIA, Rockstar Games, and Uber. Ariane Curtage, 18, and an unnamed 17-year-old male were charged with computer misuse, blackmail, and fraud. Curtage allegedly posed as a contractor at Rockstar to steal code for the latest installment of Grand Theft Auto and leaked it on hacking forums while soliciting a ransom payment. Prosecutors said police connected the hacks with the teenagers through IP addresses linked to devices and online accounts that the teens used to boast about the hacks. The 17-year-old pleaded guilty to two hacking charges while Curtage was found medically unfit to stand trial and therefore a jury will only decide whether he is liable for the alleged crimes rather than guilty of them. Oh, this is flashbacks. Uh, <laughs> so those who don't know a lot about my story, there's a there's a pretty there's pretty good uh, podcast by two cyber chicks by Erica McDuffie, I believe that's her last name, and Jack Scott, um, where we I talk about you know being a kid doing nefarious things and stuff like that, and you know I can tell you from experience, you know that. Uh, this, these kids probably boasted themselves a little too much and, um, you know, they ended up um, getting caught for it or whatever. So um, it is interesting that they were able to penetrate the organization uh, to become a, a you know, potential employee of that organization. If I read that, sorry, the, the Bloomberg is all grayed out. So I'm trying to put, pull it from other sources as well. Um, just scanning this real quick. So, uh, now the one thing I'm do, I, I would like to see, you know, this come out a little bit more. Uh, they did do a FinTech. So those who don't know, FinTech is a financial, to, uh, uh, financial firm. Um, so, um, you know, if you see fintech, it's fine. They're talking about financial institutions um, or technology that supports financial institutions. I should say, Pro, you know, let's let's correct that error live. Um, you know, I do wonder if you know if this may be a possible case of they were on bug bounty or something like that, and because um, I know these. I know Uber's on um, HackerOne. Um, I know Rockstar is, I think, BugCrowd, maybe HackerOne. Um, I don't know about the Revolut LTD, um, but yeah, I'm wondering if somebody, this, these kids uh, just took it too far or that they were actually being malicious. So definitely keep an eye out for it. Um, so, but anyway. Uh, I do know I am running a little bit over, so let's try to get to the last story 
and then try to have a little bit of time for a jaw check in, ladies and gentlemen. Russian naval officer killed near her home may have been tracked on fitness app. Stanislav Vrzhitsky, a former Russian submarine captain, was shot dead by an unidentified assailant while jogging in the Russian city of Krasnodar on Monday. An online Russian publication reported that Arzhitsky maintained a public account on a fitness app called Strava that showed him taking the same route on his morning runs and that may have allowed the assassin to track him. The fitness tracking app has repeatedly raised concerns among security experts, including reportedly being used to identify secret military bases. And that does it for today's cyber. Sorry, moved my thing the other way. Uh, yeah, we've actually, this actually reminds me of another story um where they i'll have to go back and dig it up and then i'll shoot it over to dr gerard osier so maybe in his next jaw jacking he can be able to talk about it again just want to be respectful of time um but the this reminds me of another story where the the i don't know oh, oh gosh i'm not sure if it was a darknet diary story probably not because it was definitely recent but people were able to um you know cyber stock people for you know based off of eight open api calls for these things because a lot of the integrations that will go with your fitbit and your other wearable devices you know are able to integrate with so many other things like your iphone and your um your pixel and your other google devices and you know you've got sneakers that you know can do tracking and you know your bicycle garmin stuff and i mean all that stuff is designed to be interchangeable and you know it really is the iot network excuse me um the internet of things for this but um it's interesting that you know they were able to um go after this individual by tracking on that app um you know i feel sorry for you know the families the hearts always go out to those because i mean um i would assume uh, it didn't i don't think it said it in the story if it did i i missed it but you know i mean just because you're a person of war does not mean that you may need to necessarily get done down at the front of your house um now, I don't know about this individual. Maybe he was a bad dude, and that's why they gunned him down. I don't know. Um, I don't want to go that far into that political ecosystem. But, um, you know, being um, in the military myself, you know, I, you you would hope that any actions you did overseas stay overseas, kind of like the um, what happens in Russia or what not Russia, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas um, type of thing. So. You never expect whatever you may potentially do in the military to come back and haunt you, uh, you know, in your neighborhood or on your own personal property grounds. So it's um, it's interesting, right? Um, it's definitely follow that story. Definitely follow it. Definitely follow it. Um, with that, that is the news, ladies and gentlemen. If you're just here for that. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, thanks to Dr. Gerald Osher for allowing me to uh, guest host a quote-unquote a chair today. I greatly do appreciate it. Um, it's always a true, true honor to be able to step in and be able to fill that role and that gap so that way he can be able to take that time off. And thank you so much, everybody here, for, you know, again, being so warm and accepting for, you know, my saltiness and um allowing me to be part of uh the the wonderful community that's being built out here i do greatly appreciate it so again if you're here for just the news thank you again for tuning in um we will get started with a few minutes of jaw jacking let me just put, check my phone make sure i didn't get anything too critical coming in oh my wonderful bride messaged me Um, all right, so yeah, we will start, uh, we'll start the, the, the jaw jacking session for a few minutes here. I don't see anything too critical. Um, so if you have a question for me, do me a favor, put the, 
the letter Q in front of it and um, <laughs> uh, smiley. I see you, smiley. I see you. <laughs> um, but put a question, um, uh, the, the letter Q in front, ask your question, and I will do my best to uh, mention it. I did see uh, there. Did we have a super chat come through the chat earlier? that I completely overlooked. I do, if we did, I want to give that person a shout out. I'm going back. Yep, let's go, Nick. What, did we become his best friends? Thank you. Um, thank you, Jen Housley. Thank you, Eric Taylor. Thank you so much for that, uh, for that uh, super chat. Definitely do appreciate it. Jerry dropped me a super chat too. What, Jerry? Whoop. Did we become best friends? Yep, we just did. <laughs> it's interesting the the super chats. They came over on Dr. Gerald Ozier's channel. I mean, he's just he's just paying himself. <laughs> Unless he did it, I don't think I have super chats enabled on my stream. Um, with that, you know, we are. If I can, let, let's do a sh little shameless plug, right? If if we can, um, the go over to LinkedIn and do me a favor and connect with me right um, or send a follow we do uh, we do have some other we're getting more and more back into a lot of the technical breakdowns I just dropped the link into the chat um, and we uh, we do I do a lot more technical breakdowns on some of the stuff that comes up it is. You know, pretty much when it comes out, then we try to the um, I try to do a little bit of a technical deep dive. Um, Jazzy Jazz, where can we listen to the Barricade song? Um, okay, so let me pull that up. The original was by Rebecca Tolbach, I think her name is. Give me one second. I will get that right now for you. Um, oh, Rachel Tobach, Rachel Tobach. Um, so she was another person that was very, very kind. Um, I'll drop the link here in chat. That is the full video. I did message her last year and asked her if I could be able to use this part, the, as part of the buff, uh, the bumper for our outro. Um, then she was gracious to allow us to do that. So um, we do have the um, the uh, we do have the uh, we do have it on as part of the outro for at least our our stuff. Another question came in. Where did I go? Where can what's the where is my chat going? Sorry, let me try it this other way. Mods, if you can help me out, I'm for some reason. Oh, there we are. What's the latest working? What's the latest you're working on that's interesting that you can tell us about generically? Kimberly can fix it. So we ha we do have a couple things that we are working out, but. There's nothing that I can really speak about publicly yet, um, but we'll kind of go from there. Uh, we'll, we'll try to loop everybody in as things kind of um, pop up and kind of go from there, right? So, um, question, what is the name of the song that you played in the mid-show? Um, it's actually just two royalty-free songs from that's on Stream Deck. Um, I will... Um, I will drop that into the discord, um, your link didn't drop in chat. Okay. I'll drop it again. Um, let me actually drop this into the mod chat as well. So you, the mods will have it. Let me drop that into the chat itself. Um, but yeah, I'll drop them into discord and so that way you can have them there. 
They're only like a minute or so long, but they're just about some royalty-free stuff. Let's see. What, if any, channel sites do you use? Do you see the pros for your company to use in finding employees? Uh, to be honest with you, we've that has been a struggle. Um, a lot of times when we will um we'll hire well you know when i've hired in the past you know we've used um we've used linkedin that's been some mixed results we've used some headhunter services there's one that is escape i know it's not indeed or something like that there's there's another one that is escaping me uh, we've had some mis uh, mixed results with that um but you know we're the the next tactic that um that uh, that we're doing is you know people from the community so you know i've said it before here that we will put the job anytime we're going to be hiring next we'll put the job offer here to the community um and vet out and hire from within this community first before um we really try to seek you know public things because a lot of times when you do the public stuff you get so many people applying that want to do it that has never ever done any of this stuff before right so it's um it's a mixed bag so but again that's what my plan is is to hire potentially from the community uh, um from the community so any advice on starting your first it job I, you know, I've said this time and time again um, that you you got to have the patience. You got to have the drive and the the willingness to learn um, and be able to you know be humble, right? Now, the one so my biggest downfall, especially when I got into the uh into the industry is my head grew too big too fast thinking i knew stuff that i did not truly know or i knew enough about stuff to you know be the quote-unquote fake it till you make it and i fell on my face a number a number of times um so um you know be humble have the drive have the passion um and you know just find that company that resonates with you right um you know try your local uh mom and pop it stores there they do exist they are a little bit harder to find but they do in fact exist so maybe try that as uh you know as your first one and a lot of them will allow you to even intern you know for a couple of months and then kind of go from there right um I'm also glad you're doing forensics for the team I am on. Uh, I guess that wasn't a question, maybe a comment. I don't know. Lacey, do I do I know you? I'm not sure. Sorry, I'm I'm spacing out on that one. Um, take a, a couple more questions. Wait, I got one client that's calling me that really is desperate for my attention. Um, in your opinion, which cloud security certificate is more valuable today, AWS or Azure? So that is a interesting question. Um, in my mindset, AWS is a good system as well as Azure. Uh, I personally think Sorry, I'm thinking out this this uh okay so let's take a step back what type of clients are you wanting to work with or what type of clients is your business that you're working for want to work with you know if they are in more of a government local municipality uh potentially even enterprise things of that nature more of the times than not they're probably going to evolve over to azure um a lot of programmers, developers, um, just because you can do quick containers and things of that nature, they will migrate over to AWS because it's just the um, 
it's just really more uh, friendlier for that type of industry. So it really depends on the who the client you're trying to serve and help out is where where do they reside at, right? So it's kind of the mentality of you know if you want to um, if you want to get a bunch of clients that are doctors, where do doctors kind of go to hang out? Type of sales mentality, um, you know, to those doctor specific conferences and things of that nature so it's kind of the same mindset a little bit if you will so kind of keep that in mind you know when vetting it out so you know i'm all about getting certificates and completing that but um you know it, it's got to be applicable to what you're doing right so um scott back says aws is bigger i would agree with you i do think aws is bigger than azure um and unless you're talking about debt um the GovCloud, which I do think Amazon is probably, uh, or Azure is potentially stomping AWS on, but you know, it's hard to get those metrics, right? So, because, you know, it is supposed to be private, um, scrolling through, uh, question, what are the, some of the, your recommended certificates to get into offensive security? Um, I, I'm going to take that at dash as, you know, pen testing. Um, you know, there's pen testing is definitely an interesting situation uh, for certifications. You know, I had my cert certified ethical hacker CEH for many, many years. And um, now when I was doing a ton of it, nobody ever asked me to prove that I was that right they just said oh um uh they got you know they just need this and you know because of the conversations they trusted me to be able to do things and you know kind of went from there so um the pen testing is definitely very interesting i know a lot of people even a lot of larger youtube people that um Potentially, you know, they had their CEH and they never ended up, you know, they ended up dropping a couple of years later. I do know uh, there's a couple, one other one um, certification that is being really pummeled upon just because the the torment and the anguish that you got to put yourself through through the actual physical testing. Um, it's if I remember right, it's like a 36 or 48 hour test that's just nonstop. It's crazy. So. Um, I would say, you know, look into it, see which ones resonate with you. Um, maybe even take, you know, I talked about this uh, in the beginning, you know, Black Hills Information Security, their anti-siphon that Bo, and I forget Bo's last name at the moment, but you know, he's got Breach in the Cloud. That is a very, very awesome class. They've got a couple other ones as well that are really good. So, um, random question coming in from Ron Clark that I don't see in the chat yet. Question, how many licks does it take a cybersecurity professional to get to the Tootsie Roll Center, a center of a Tootsie Pop? Three. One, two, crunch three. <laughs> uh, love it, love it, love it. Um, uh, question, did you watch the Microsoft? No, I did not watch the intro pre pre uh, presentation. I do know it's a a massive shift from uh, at the Azure branding name to an intro, I believe is what they're calling it. Um, so we will, uh, something to keep on the radar. I have not watched that pre presentation yet. Um, I do have a flight scheduled later, so maybe I will watch that during that specific downtime if I'm not working on other items. Um, oh, there's a, <laughs> so there's that question. So again, three, as the owl says, it takes three licks to get to the center. Dr. Joe Ozier with the comment, Bo Bullock. Yes, thank you so much, Dr. Jared Ozier. Um, uh let's see so this will be the last question um carrie has asked you know carrie i know you've had so many problems man um 
the just wondering how can I break into something for GRC? What you can tackle? Carrie, that's just a topic I am not familiar with, right? That's just not my my swim lane. That's not my ecosystem. Um, and I just I don't know how to properly advise on that, Carrie. But I do think about you often. I know you're you're struggling to get you know, in there. Um, so um, my heart goes out to you again. I'm my thoughts and literally my prayers. Um, get a little biblical we are uh here at our household we are a praying family but um you know, our prayers are are literally with you that you get something soon so uh, but this is it's not my swim lane so i don't want to advise on that and give you ill ill-gotten advice right so um all right ladies and gentlemen i do see some questions i know dr joe dozier will probably have me back on again at some point in time in the very near future um it has been great uh talking and chatting with everybody i hope the rest of your day is fantastic thanks again for tuning in enjoy the rest of your day and we'll see y'all next time take care there once was a kid whose passwords laid across all sites they were the same a criminal then found their fame by taking that data to go Soon may a criminal come to steal your pictures and data and run. One day when the crime is done, they'll steal your account and go.